Okay, we are in Sefer Divrei Hayamim Aleph, Perek Yud Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Vayikatsu Kol Yisrael El David Hebrona. So now for the first time in Divrei Hayamim, we are going to meet Melech David. But in true Divrei Hayamim style, we meet him now, not before the David and Goliath stories or not fleeing from Saul for his life or the heroics. We meet him as king already, at least as part of the nation of the tribe of Judah in Hebron. So let's set the stage. When Saul dies, as we saw in the last parrot on the Mount of Gilboa by the Plishkim, David is in an enclave of in all places uh, the land of the Philistines. They have let him use the city of Ziklag, it's called, and he is there escaping one of the many assassination attempts by Shaul on his life. When Shaul dies, he is summoned back by the Kaddish Baruch Hu to Hebron, where he assumes the kingship of the tribe of Judah. He reigns in Hebron for seven and a half years. It is interesting that after Shaul dies, his son Ishbosheth becomes king for a two-year period and is assassinated. But what this means is that there are five years where there is no king of the other tribes. There's a king in Hebron, in Judea, but there is no king of the other Shratim. And so now that is going to be rectified where they are going to come to Hebron to anoint David by acclamation. Uh, this is done under the urging of Abner Ben-Ner, who is the chief general of Shaul of Binyamin, which shows that Binyamin is uniting behind this effort. Binyamin, of course, was the tribe of Shaul. So, they come to Hebron, we should point out that the reason Mephoshim say that Israel was without a king for at least five years is Dovid's excessive modesty and humility. He didn't push his claim. He didn't challenge his bullshit. He didn't say, look, I've been anointed by Shmuel. He kept quiet. So now, Pasuk Aleph, Vayit Pitsu Kod Yisrael as Dovid, Hebrona, Lemor, Hinei, so now they come to Hebron and it is Kol Yisrael to include Shevet Binyamin, even Shaul's tribe wants him as king. And they say, we are your bones and your flesh. Actually, shouldn't it be the other way around? You are our bones and our flesh. It's a puzzling expression. We saw it used in the Chumash when Laban says to Yaakov, You are my bones and flesh. The Vilna gives a beautiful parish that when a person is created, uh, a child, a fetus, the etzem, the bones are created by the father. It's the father's DNA that instigates the uh, child's bone structure. Ubisarecha, his flesh, 
is the mother. Of course, the Kaddish Baruch Hu does most of the rest. But they're saying, you are our bones, and the flesh is saying that on your father's side and your mother's side, remember there's been a lot of trouble on his mother's side. Doeg and others have challenged his legitimacy even to be in the congregation of Israel, let alone to be his king. It's because Ruth, Ruth was a Moavi, and that's when they come up with the Psach Halacha, that the Isa in the Torah is Moavi, male Moabite, not Moaviyah. And so they're saying, you're part of us. You've got the same DNA. We're all one. Gam Timo, Gam Shoshom, Gam Melech, Israel. Even yesterday and the day before, when Shaul was king, you were the one they're telling him, Hamotzi, who led us out, led us out to war, the Hamavias Israel, and brought us in, could be safely, or could be, as some of them say, into Torah. You brought us into the base of Midrash. Remember, David at one time was Shaul's general, so he did fight battles for Shaul. And now the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, you are my shepherd. Notice that metaphor that constantly appears in B'nai Israel, the leader is a shepherd. Moshe was a shepherd. Yaakov was a shepherd. Uh, you will be the ruler of my people. This is the Kodesh Baruch Hu saying, Yisrael, we want you by acclamation as our king. By Yavo called Ziknei Yisrael, and now the Ziknei Yisrael, the elders come there to be contradistinguished from B'nai Yisrael because they are the members of the Sanhedrin. They are there to do the actual physical anointing. They are there also to preside over what we're going to see is a covenant between David and the people. El Hamelech Hebrona, they come by Yichru Roslahem David Bris. Bechebron, David makes a covenant with Nei Hashem before God as a witness. And the covenant basically consists of that he will rule fairly and equally. He will show no favoritism, um, but he will rule equally. He's Israel's king as well as Judea's king. And they anoint David as king as told to Shmuel. This is really... Fourth anointing. First one, Shmuel anoints him way back initially as king of all of Israel with the Shema the holy oil, but it's not triggered until this. He's anointed as king of Hebron. He's now anointed as king of the entire United Nation. So, his next move is to go to Yerushalayim. We know that Yerushalayim, even then, was the center, uh, a big metropolitan area, uh, capital city. Uh, in addition, it was the spiritual center of Israel. It was where David knew the base Hamikdash was going to be. Wasn't it also like a border area, but not in one shade or another, like between the Yerushalayim? Between Binyamin, right. Excellent point, because part of it is to show that, yes, the solidarity, that it's of all the tribes, it's been yummed to the south, it's this one as part of it, and that it's a new world now. We are one united country, and that's why, instead of saying in Hebron, the move to Yerushalayim indicates that. 
that he belongs to all the tribes. And it is in the Jebusite area. The Jebusites control Yerushalayim. They are descendants of the Chitim, the Hittites, of which the famous Ephron Hachiti, who sold Maras Hamachpela to Avraham, was the head. And Rishama Yevusi Yosheva Aretz, the Yevusi are allowed to live there up till that time because of a treaty that Avraham made with Avimelech. Avimelech was the progenitor of the Yevusim, and it was a non aggression pact. And so the Yevusites are flaunting it. You can't come here. And the point is that the treaty was for three generations. It expired. Even if it didn't expire, the word of the Kaddish Baruch Hu to occupy Yerushalayim takes precedence over that treaty. So they say, don't come here. He conquers for himself an enclave within Jerusalem known as the Tower of Zion. He ear David, which is called City of David. By Yomer David, and now David needs to get rid of those Jebusites. By Yomer David, whoever helps me defeat the Jebusites will be a um, Rosh will be head of the nation, Ulasar, a general. Vayal Barishona, and the first one to go up and do it, Yoav ben Shruya, Vayahila Rosh. So Yoav ben Shruya is going to be the lifelong general for David. He is also David's brother-in-law. Uh, and the reason he has become, he says, Vayahila Rosh, the head of the nation, you're talking about sort of a political administrator rather than a general, is because he's already the general. Um, he lives in that fortress, and that's why they call it Ir David. And he builds the city, he builds it, Malo is a public park, a public square. It was really one of the prides of the people of Yerushalayim. He doesn't touch it, and that stays till Shlomo. Remember, at one point, Shlomo interferes with it with very severe repercussions, but it was a public square left to the public. He builds from its perimeter to the walls of Migdal Dabu. Yoav, Yoav is responsible for the construction, the infrastructure of the rest of Yerushalayim. He's growing mightier by the day, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu is obviously with him. And now <clears throat> we're going to meet the group known as the Giborid, the valiant ones. They are David's generals, his military power. We're going to see there are three layers 
The first is three, the three top generals. The second is another three secondary top generals. And the rest of 30 are various generals, colonels, lieutenants, the rest of his military support staff. Who strengthened with him his nation in Yisrael, with all Israel behind him as king, Kidvar Hashem on Yisrael, like the Kaddish Baruch who commanded Yisrael. The Elam is Spar These are the numbers, and we're going to get back into that old. Um, phenomenon of Jibre Hayamim later in the parrot, we may not reach it today, the names, a list of names of the Giborim. Ve'elem Isvar Giborim, Asher David, Yashavam bin Chachmoni, Rosh Hashalashim, he is the head of all the 30 generals who are rare as And each one of these has incredible military prowess and they're going to tell us about it, that he would not withdraw his sword. He never withdrew his sword in battle until 300 people had died by his sword. Bacharov after him, Elozo ben Dodo, he is in the top strata. Interestingly enough, they don't tell us the other two, but we know it from Shmuel. One is Shimi, one is Ido. Um, and now each one gets like sort of a war story. He was accompanying David Bapas Damim. Pastamim was an area that Plishtim controlled. It was an open barley field that was the source of food for most of B'nai Israel. And the Plishtim had a modus operandi where they would destroy or appropriate the fields, thereby starving B'nai Israel. It was a very serious threat. Pastamim, Nesu, Shamlam, Milchama, they were already there, and you knew they were going to either burn or take the field. It was filled with barley. It formed the essence of the food supply. So terrified of the nation, they fled from the Plishtim. And they stood in the middle, David and this general. They stood in the middle and they beat the Plishtim. It was a big, miraculous Salvation. By And now the next group of three go to down to David to the cave of Adulam. That was where they were holding forth. It was a battle taking place. The Plishtim had a um, garrison. Right there in Amek Reform, ready for attack. The David Ozba Mitsuda, he was in the fortress of Mitzib Plishtim Ozba And there was another garrison in Beislechem. And now a very interesting story. By Yisavu David, David gets a thirst, literally, a, a desire. Oh! He says, if I could only have water from that cistern at the gate of Bethlehem. Remember, David is from Bethlehem. He grew up there. He may have an attachment. He loved the water as a child. And he's saying it not as a command. 
He's saying it in sort of a, a mindless expression. Gee, I wish I had that water here instead of whatever water we've got here from the cisterns of Beislechem and at the gate. But Yivku Hashlosha, and then these three in that group, the Machaneh Plishkim, they cross to enemy lines. They draw water from the well at Beislechem. Asher Bashar, they come back to enemy lines to David, and David is horrified. He didn't mean it as a military command. Below over David David will not drink it. He pours it out to the Kodesh Baruch Hu. What does that mean? They say it was Sukkis. He sets up a bima. He is instituting Nesech Hamayim, pouring out of the water. At least if it has a sacrificial, spiritual purpose, he feels better about it. But it shows you the depth of the devotion and the extent they'll go to fill out their beloved king's expressed wishes. Avishai, the next one is Avishai Achi Yoav, the brother of Yoav, who are your Rosh Hashlosha. He is the head of that second third, who are rarest Hanito or Shlosh Meot Cholo, below some Bishlosha. He kills in a battle 300 men and a great general, a great warrior, but at points out, below Shem Bishlosha, he has. A name in that group of three. He is famous. He is made like the head of the second group of three, but he doesn't make it to that first tier of generals. He was one of that second three. Rav Paulim in Kapsiel, who he called Shnei Ariel Moab, who Yorad, he called Ari Betochabar Biom Hashelet. Interesting incidents of battle. He took on Shnei Ariel Moab, two giants of Moab, two feared warriors, and defeated them, and who went into a pit that was occupied by a lion, Betochabar, on a snowy day. A lot of meanings to that. It could be it was a lion in the pit, which is very close quarters, and on a snowy day, which makes it even tougher and colder and harder to see, and defeats the lion. Moreover, he kills an Egyptian man, a giant, obviously, of an Egyptian man. Five cubits tall. And this Egyptian man had a spear. Kiminora rode him like a weaver's implement. He goes down with just a stick. Um, Benaya. He manages to wrest the spear from him, and he kills him. And that's how he gets a name of famous military prowess in that group of three. Again, in that group of three and in that group of 30, he is a feared, revered military figure. But, but the top three, he can't crack. David al but David makes him his confidence. 
And now comes a list of the other generals by name with one very interesting variation, which we will hold off till Monday morning, 8.45. You will not want to miss, A, the list of generals, B, the role of Uriah Hachiti in that group, and three, we will go on in Yitz Hashem to Yud Beis, 8.45 a.m. You will want to be there. Don't miss it. Shabbat Shalom.